Motivate with KAT is an admissions consulting and training company. Starting off as an advisor, then taking on a role as a regional and working in operations, I have seen it all. And I understand how critical but fulfilling your advisor's role can be. If you are looking for authentic, raw training for your team, check out Next Level Admissions. This training is filled with explainer videos, templates, downloadable tools, and quizzes that will get your team immediate results. Log on to lessons.motivatewithkat.com to get started. Motivate with KAT is an admissions consulting and training company. Starting off as an advisor, then taking on a role as a regional and working in operations, I have seen it all. And I understand how critical but fulfilling your advisor's role can be. If you are looking for authentic, raw training for your team, check out Next Level Admissions. This training is filled with explainer videos, templates, downloadable tools, and quizzes that will get your team immediate results. Log on to lessons.motivatewithkat.com to get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another groundbreaking episode of EdUp Career School's The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. Today, we're talking about a couple of topics that no one wants to discuss, everyone wants to avoid, but it's something that's very much needed, and it's compliance and the pressure to enroll. So here's the deal. For so many years, career schools have been under scrutiny for a lot of different reasons. But you know, this goes way beyond fudging placement numbers and TIFIN financial aid funds, right? Unfortunately, a lot of this has to do with our front end, which is our admissions department. And here's why. For too long, admissions advisors have been given unrealistic and unattainable enrollment expectations. And they've been under a lot of pressure to enroll because it comes down to if you do not meet your expectation after a certain amount of time, guess what? You're not going to be employed, right? But then what happens is the pressure is on. So now your advisors start enrolling anybody and when they get shocked, they get fired anyway. That's a huge problem. So now when it comes to our students, you have students calling and saying, you know what, I felt pressure to enroll because they told me there was only one seat left in the class. But then my sister and my cousin went there two weeks later and they got into the class. I don't feel as if I was prepared, right? So now you have advisors creating a false sense of urgency. Then you have some people guaranteeing students a job. You have students saying, you know what? They told me that my credits were transferred to the other school. Now I graduated and I found out that my school was not accredited and they're not gonna take anything. What do I do now? Let's not talk about gainful employment, right? You have some students, unfortunately, who were out there floating around, not working because they were enrolled into programs that they should have not been in in the first place. Let's talk about back in the day when you see students walking around the campus and you're saying to yourself, oh my gosh, why is this student in this program? Who enrolled that student? And you know what? At some point in time, you used to be able to pinpoint the rep who actually enrolled them because it's like, okay, this is a rep who most of their students are not going to be successful because they're just concentrating on a number, but they're not concentrated on the student and the actual need and what they need in order to survive in this program and be successful at the end, right? So now you have students who are not even making it past the provisional period. That's a problem. 
right? But now it goes back to the pressure to enroll. So here's a couple of steps for you guys. Um, number one, it starts from the top, okay? My dear executives, if you are going to give your admissions team an expectation, there's a couple of things that need to be put into place because you have to ensure that your advisors are actually equipped to meet that expectation. So number one, it starts with marketing. We have to look at the number of leads that are coming through, all right? Is your team getting the number of leads needed to actually meet their expectation? And then what's the quality of the leads? Are 90% of your leads calling in for a totally different program? Now, we know that there's different ways that we can handle that, right? But when it comes to almost all of your leads coming in, requesting information on something totally different, now we need to look at marketing and we need to look at the type of ads that are going out because now it's not fair to your advisors. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second part of that is when it comes to your team. Now you need to look at your advisors and saying, okay, do I even have the right team? Are they equipped? Are they skilled enough to handle the leads that are coming through? Because if in fact you are getting a lot of quality leads, but then you have advisors who are not skilled on effective communication, guess what? Those leads aren't enrolling anyway because they're giving away everything up front and they're not asking the right questions. So hence, we have no idea what these students actually really need because we have advisors who are you know, talking over their students, they're making up their stories, finishing the sentences for them, and there's really not an authentic conversation that's going on, right? So you have to ask yourself, do I even have the right team in place? The third part of that is a plan. If you're going to give an expectation, come on, you got to sit down with your advisors and develop a plan on how they're going to get there. We all know how this works. Back in the day, you get a goal and it's like, all right, so make it happen. All right, this is what you need per week. Find out how you're going to get to that expectation. But there's no true plan or, or training involved in that process. You know, so you have to be able to sit down, give your team a formula, <laughs> you know, give them a formula and let them know, all right, this is the amount of calls that you would have to make. Because we all know that more calls equal more opportunity to speak to more people. Right. But then once you get them on the phone, do you have a script? Do you have a guide? I know a lot of schools are against this, but here's the bottom line. A lot of your advisors, they need something that's going to guide them through that conversation because there's a number of questions that they need to ask. There are some questions that's going to allow them to dig and make it easier for them to have follow up questions so that they can really find out why did this student even request information? What's going on in your life at this point in time? Why are you looking for a career up? grade or a career change altogether. When you build value at the very beginning, your students understand why they call. They understand why you're recommending a certain program for them, right? They understand what being successful in this program is going to get them in their life. There's a reason behind everything, but you have to be able to sit down with your advisors and say, okay, this is the plan. These are the number of calls that you have to make. These are the number of interviews that you need to book. These are the amount of enrollments that you have to have in order to meet your expectation. Gross versus net, that's a totally different discussion, right? Because some schools still don't have um, individual expectations and that's okay. You can have one expectation as a team, but the team has to always be on the same page. 
And you have to be very transparent as far as where you are with that upcoming class start at all point in time, right? So remember, you have marketing. You have to make sure that you have the right team. You have to make sure that you have a plan for your advisors. The fourth part of that is compliance. Mm. When it comes to compliance, you have to um, ask yourself, do my advisors know what they're supposed to say and what they're not supposed to say? I've heard so many calls where advisors are stepping into another department. So they're giving out information that's way out of their league. And when they open up that box, guess what? Now the student is gonna start throwing out so many different questions and your advisors are not equipped to answer them, right? So does your team have compliance training? You know, do they have training altogether? There's a thousand topics that you can train on when it comes to admissions because there's so many different moving parts, right? But it's important that your advisors know what they can say and what they're not supposed to say. Because guess what? If they get shopped, unfortunately, some of them may not have a job anyway. And I've had to walk too many advisors out of the door because they stepped over the line and end up getting shopped. It's a problem. All right. And we have some tenured advisors out there who feel as if they know the process, regardless of who's talking to them. Right. So that goes back to do I even have the right team in place? And when it comes to your team, you have to know each individual. I've seen in so many cases, every single person on that team is expected to enroll the same amount of students, but you have people on your team who have different skill sets. Right. Everyone is not on the same level. You may have an advisor who comes in at 20, 21, every single class start, right? But then you have that advisor who consistently is sitting at 14. Well, fine, let them sit at 14. If they're enrolling 20 people gross and they end up starting 15 people, that is a very great start rate, right? So let them sit right there and let the heavy hitters continue to come in at where they come in right? But you cannot manage everybody the same exact way. You have to know your team. You have to know their strengths and their opportunities. That's very important. Now let's get to step two, all right? Because step one was all about our, our advisors. If you're going to give an expectation, you have to make sure that your team is equipped to handle that expectation. But step two, let's talk about my DOAs, my lovely enrollment leadership team. Executives, please explain to me how you expect your DOAs to have the same expectation or a higher expectation than your advisors. And I know what the logic behind it is, which to me, I don't think is logic, but I understand how some people think. They're thinking, well, I put you in this role. So basically you have more skills that, than the rest of your team. So you should be able to show them how it's done and enroll at a higher capacity. That is not true. You hired your DOAs to lead the team, right? So if your DOAs are stitching for your entire team, and remember, your advisors should be stitching on an individual basis anyway, right? But ultimately, the director is responsible for the entire class start. So you have a director that's stitching for the entire team. They're doing second interviews to ensure that, you know, your advisors are enrolling solid people, right? They're doing observations, first call, um, second interview observations. They're doing team training, meetings, coaching. Explain to me how a director is going to be able to operate at the same capacity as an advisor 
who all they have to do every day is come in and dial in and roll, right? So if your directors are doing so much more to manage your team and to ensure that you guys are bringing in quality students and training and coaching and nurturing your team, how do you really expect them to have a higher expectation? Logically, that does not make any sense. And something has to change because, hey, believe it or not, you have advisors out there who are just enrolling anyone because they fear losing their jobs. But guess what? You have some DOAs out there who are operating the same exact way, right? Because in their minds, they're like, you know what? This is a losing battle. So I got to do what I have to do. So you have some DOAs who's out there just throwing stuff at the wall too, because they have to make sure that they're not put in a position where their job is on the line because they may have kids, they have mortgages, you know, they have bills. The same thing with your advisors. We have to get better at this because too many people over the years, and it's still happening today, too many people are leaving higher education because of the pressure that's put on them to perform but they're not giving the tools to be successful and it's not fair. And I'm talking about some real gifted people. You have advisors and directors whose students come in the office and they're like, oh my gosh, where are they? Where'd they go? They're not here anymore. It has to stop. Okay, and we all understand that when it comes to enrollments, hey, that's how you keep a school open, right? Who pays the instructors? Who keeps the light on? What creates more opportunity for you guys to expand and apply for more programs and even open up you know, additional locations? But there is the right way to do it. Yes, some schools need to meet a certain expectation in order to stay open. But come on, there's different ways that we can do this. Make sure that you train your team. Make sure that you have the right people on board, that they understand quality versus quantity, right? Really and truly, we should be going for both, for both quality plus quantity, right? But ultimately, we need to think about the quality of the students that we're enrolling because retention is huge. Gainful employment is huge. And a lot of these students are not making it through the process because they are misplaced. All right, so we can do this together, but just remember the steps. We gotta take a look at our marketing team. We have to take a look at, are, are our teams equipped to actually handle these expectations that's being put on them? Okay, do they understand compliance, what they're supposed to say, what they're not supposed to say? Are they trained? Do they have a guide? There's so many things that we can look at to ensure that your schools are really getting to the next level. So let's try to retain some of the amazing individuals that chose this career path because they genuinely care and they're passionate about your student success. And you are going to see your schools rise and go to the next level, but we have to do it as a team and we have to think about our employees. Because guess what? It's all about the customers, right? But happy employees, oh, they're going to make sure that they take great care of your students. So we have to dig a little deeper. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear your feedback because this is definitely a loaded topic. But something has to change. And I am looking forward to what the future holds for career education. Until next time, gang, let's make today amazing.
Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Edda Perez School's The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. If you love what you hear, do not forget to like and share. Feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more about how I help career schools grow. Head on over to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content. Leave us a rating, but do not forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Until then, live life 100% you.